0: Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 113 of the Three Point Podcast. Our triad includes the young fella, Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm the boomer, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. Our fantastic partners include Advanced Elevator, the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, And also ProMech Engineering. And our online syndication teammates include Sports Radio Detroit. Never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. And also, we're very active on social media. You can follow, you can comment. Just hit us up anywhere at 3 Pod. Well, we got a lot to get into tonight, guys. The quarantine, some big, big news in the NFL. And we'll also get caught up on what we have been watching in this last week on quarantine. We'll get it all rolling Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona.
2: 85-90, 95-100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and Auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan.
0: All right, guys, I mean, you know, we're all doing our duty. We're all holed up in our man caves, our basements, our TVs, watching our TVs, I should say. What's this last week been like for you guys?
3: It's been, I don't know what it is about being stuck in your house all day. Uh, I'm sure that at least you probably I don't can mind agree it. with this. Well, <laughs> it just makes you, you never stop eating. Right. Constantly snacking. You never leave in the house. You're right and what what's been going on with me at my house is basically there's two there's two different routes you can go when you're locked in your house all day you can do the one route which is you read books you start working out you start eating healthy and then there's the other route which is what I did bought call of duty um just been eating food nonstop. Haven't been exercising. Probably gained about seven, eight pounds since this whole thing started about ten days ago. So there's two different routes.
0: Yeah. Well, I was big to begin with, but you saw my most recent video. I mean, I uh, I better push myself away from the dinner table too, because <laughs> you're right. You kind of get in that hibernation mode. At least the weather is starting to break. So, uh, in fact, today later on when I go home, I have good intentions. I think I'm going to go out for a nice long walk with my wife. How about you, Matt? You're in. You're probably in the best shape of all three of us. <laughs>
2: Well, it has been nice, like, mentioning the weather. Um, It's a little cooler today, but it has been down here in North Carolina. It's been mid-70s, lower 80s. So it's been, you know, you're still keeping your proper social distance as much as you can as long as you're being responsible. But it's been nice to, like, get out and go for a bike ride, go for a walk, like you said you're going to do. Because, yeah, I mean, as much as you like chilling at home, you know, when you're working or you're doing your full-time school schedule or whatever, you kind of like those days where you just get to sit at home. But when you're forced to just sit at home, you get a little stir-crazy because, I don't know how, yeah, unless you go out and buy new video games, rent a bunch of movies, or start watching new shows. Like, it does get old after a little while.
3: Do you, now, would you guys say, like, my life really hasn't. The only difference is I don't walk to class every day. Uh, I don't play basketball once a week. Other than that, this is pretty much what I've always kind of done, uh, now that I think about it. Uh, is that kind of the way it's been for you guys? Where basically just what whatever you used to do is just been kind of been moved to your house.
0: I'll I'll jump in for it. Well, that is the move jump move to your house. I mean, as of uh, Friday morning, we had the edict at work that you might as well go home, especially the people that work on their computer all the time and the phones, like me. I'm a sales guy, so uh, pretty much our office shut down. We're working from home now indefinitely. We've hooked up uh, different media things, like uh, we had a Zoom teleconference with four different people this last week and we also uh hooked up to some other uh you know communication thing that you know when we have meetings and stuff like that you don't miss a beat i know matt your office shut down there in charlotte did you are is it just a complete shutdown or is there certain people that are working from home
2: well yeah there some people are working from home we're there i mean we're saying that we're supporting Bristol. I think I mentioned this last week, probably. So they, we just haven't had to go in yet. I'm sure at some point because Connecticut's being hit harder than North Carolina. So and I think they might even be closing businesses down soon in Connecticut. So at some point, I think we'll probably get on some sort of like rotation. You know, maybe we have to work a week, then you're off a week, or I don't know, something like that. Seeing how long this goes, but. I mean, yeah, I've been on call. I haven't been to work in a week. I probably won't have to go in this week unless I get called in. I don't know about next week. So it is kind of crazy, like, to answer Jared's question. Um, I mean, I I guess, you know, the work thing is obvious because, you know, going to work every day, that's not happening. But, I mean, normally I go to the gym almost every day with my daughter, you know, taking her to daycare, taking her up to the gym. We do get outside. So, yeah, this is really, like, thrown – a wrench into my wife and I's like daily routines. Like it has a lot of people, obviously. So that has been a big adjustment. I will say, luckily my daughter, she's only four. So, you know, seeing all the people talking about like now having to homeschool their kids, she hasn't, she's not to the age where she's like doing legit schoolwork. So I am kind of glad we're not at that point, but you know, we are having her do the basic stuff to try and keep up on what she was doing at daycare. But yeah, it's been crazy because, you know, talking about the food, too, like, you you go out and you try and stock up your freezer and your fridge and stuff, but, like, it's hard not to just sit and look in your pantry and just <laughs> eat constantly. But then you have to think, like, you need a ration, your food, too. So, like, <laughs> it, this is a, it's a wild time right now, for sure.
0: Well, it, it even affected our three-point podcast because normally you're the one that uh, puts it all together, edit, edits it, and uh, posts it online. That's Jared's responsibility
3: now. <laughs> The home, the home editing studio that i yeah, that's, that's right. I have to, erect. But, but, dear God, I mean, how long? So this is going to go on for probably, like the low end, two months. Would you say? Well, when you say go on, I mean,
0: you'll preface that.
3: It's basically what we're doing now. Everyone works from home. Stay for okay for next I'm two months. Stuck like home. Yeah. Bars, none of the restaurants, nothing open. Is are we looking at like two months at least?
0: If I had a guess, and we're recording this on Sunday, March 22nd, so everybody knows where we're up to speed, I would guess that would be pretty accurate. Now, I know there's been some postings that they're hoping to go back to school April 6th. Do you think there's any way that's going to happen? No. I don't either. I'm really skeptical that the uh, public schools here in Michigan go back at all this spring. Now, I, I could be wrong, and I really hope... Uh, that where where the epidemic is really concentrated right now, the real heavy populated uh, states like New York, California, you know, the New England area. Hopefully, it doesn't spread because in Michigan here, at least at the moment, it hasn't been you know, really, really bad. I mean there's been some deaths. I, I think we're like three hundred documented cases in the state at the moment. I think the the governor did step up pretty early on and and, you know, close the schools, closed restaurants, you know, now, you know, places like hairdressers, dentists, that type of stuff where you have one on one.
3: Not not to get uh maybe before you jump in, Matt, not to get political. What do you guys think about the NBA players, the celebrities all getting – because I've seen like a tweet where it's like, what, did, like how what, did, how good a basketball do you need to be in order to get like a coronavirus test? Like what do you guys think about them getting tested pretty much before any of like the quote-unquote regular people?
2: Yeah, I've seen similar to what you just said about the tweet, I've seen someone say the best way for a poor person to know that they have coronavirus is go cough in the face of a rich person and see if they get – tested positive, because mm-hmm. then that poor person will know yeah. that they've got coronavirus. But, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but it's actually, like, a little sad to think about that, because, you know, they're saying, like, the, a lot of these test people aren't getting tested, maybe because they don't have the money, or maybe because there aren't enough tests right now. You know, who really knows, but I, I don't know, like, I'm kind of, like, down the middle, like, I saw, you know, when when Rudy Gobert Go- 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 got tested positive and they they tested both those teams that were at that game, they, that they used up, like, the majority of the state of Oklahoma's available tests at that time so people were pissed about that you know kind of what you're saying like why are these NBA players getting tested and you know quote-unquote normal people don't have access to the test but I you know, like you can look at it this way too like these people they travel a lot they're in contact with a ton of people you know the media their whole their whole organization they're traveling from state to state like so it is probably good to know if these guys are getting – if they're positive with coronavirus, right? Because they're not just people who are, like, sitting at home, staying in their, their one town all the time.
0: Yeah, I don't – i I've thought about it, but I, I'm not too worked up about it. I, th- I think there is some privilege to the uh, people that have money. I mean, that's money and power, right? So I, they can play the game, but I, I don't really have a big issue with that. The biggest issue I have is – How the heck come we don't have enough tests? You know, I mean, a country like us, why aren't there enough tests? Why are we in this critical, critical situation in the medical field with not enough masks, not enough safety protection
3: devices? I mean, it's crazy. You know, well, if we remember. About two weeks ago, you said that this was the biggest joke in the world. You no, couldn't believe it. Let's not pr- and, and you're let's kind of preface hypocritical. It the right now way. that you get the right way. Now you're kind of almost hypocritical in a sense, where you say, oh, we should have had all these tests ready. I love the way you stretch the truth. That's what you said. I did, I, you said, come on, people. We're overreacting. I,
0: uh, my whole point, if you remember, and I'll, Matt can jump in or not jump in, I, all I was saying is we got to remain calm. Panic doesn't do anything. I didn't, yeah, I did it at the very beginning. I thought, okay, it's probably not much more than the flu, but it didn't take me long to figure it out after that. My main thing, and I'll say it one more time. I just said, and we, I still agree with it. We have to stay calm. That's all.
2: Yeah. I, I think the main, you know, a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago when we were, when this was kind of starting, I think, I feel like that's what we were saying mostly. Yes, yeah, Stay calm, be prepared, but don't panic. And I feel like that's still what people should be saying. You still shouldn't be panicking. But the be prepared part is what is kind of scary because I know, like Jared, you said, like not to get all political and stuff, but like, it seems like our government, our administration leading this country wasn't prepared at all. And that, that is what's kind of scary. Hopefully things are starting to, or maybe soon going to start, you know, flattening the curve. We've heard that term almost too many times at this point, but Hopefully that's happening because, right, the masks, the tests, the ventilators, all that stuff, it seems like everything you read is we don't have enough of this stuff. And it's kind of you know, like you said, Ted, this country supposed to be the best country in the world and everything. Why are we not more prepared for something like this?
0: Yeah, and I will say this. Now, things are starting to ramp up a little bit. I, I see that uh, the president has put some sort of order out there with, uh, you know, plants, uh, b- businesses that are fabricators to start just crunching out these masks and different things.
3: I am proud of you to see, because I, you normally come in here and say, oh, like this generation, I'm surprised you haven't made the comment about the spring breakers that are down in Florida partying and they're just not listening to the social distancing at all. I'm surprised you don't have any uh, thoughts on that. Well, I, I do
0: have thoughts on that. I think we talked about it on the last podcast. I mean, has it changed in this last week i mean they they did shut down beaches right yeah so you were a proponent of it last time we talked about the government has to step in because the young generation won't they won't do anything unless they're forced to right I don't know. I, I mean, you're the young guy. Tell me, what about your buddies? I mean, you, your age group. Are you are you guys taking this serious? Are you know, or are you still having uh, you know bonfires and parties and no, stuff like that? Was,
3: I would say that last weekend was the last time anyone I knew was going out. Now you see, like the now, if somebody had like a spring break trip canceled, we got can, scheduled we did talk about this like that's a kind of a tough call that is a tough if, if i'm if it's my senior year of, of college or whatever or senior year of high school and i have this you know big time trip planned with all my friends it'd be tough to say no I, I luckily i didn't but at some point it's like it's just it's just whenever you get drunk kids like it's funny how we all go off these interviews and act like that's like everyone that's my age like this one kid on the news down in miami who's basically saying like if i get corona i get corona like, I, yeah, who cares? i think you I know it's it, it stereotyped
0: well, it is a little bit, but it's it is, but it isn't Jared. I mean, we talked about it again. I mean, when we were twenty one years old, Matt and I would we be doing a lot of that stuff would we and and I call it just you know not a lot of common sense, of course because when you're that age, that's not to take anything away from you, but you haven't you haven't lived life you know long enough to realize a lot of things out there, but it sounds like right now your 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 crew, your age group. Paying attention, doing the right thing, and that's really how we gotta stop this. You know, I, I will say this as the old guy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on the young generation. I think what we really do need to do right now is pull together. Matt, you heard me talk about it. We do have to pull together as a society in this country to end this. We don't wanna become like China and like Italy. Is it gonna get worse than it is today? Yeah. But maybe it'll level out a lot quicker than like the disaster we're seeing in Italy. That's what I can hope for.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's about all you can hope for at this point because the spike and everything, the deaths, and just people test positive in Italy is kind of staggering and a little scary to think about. But, you know, the situation's a little different. That, that country's about the size of Arizona. So, I, you know, sometimes, like, comparing their numbers to ours, it's probably not like an apples-to-apples comparison. But it is, you know, it's still showing the trends of how deadly this virus can be. So you have to take it seriously. But talking about the spring break, my wife and I were talking about it last night, and, you know, it's easy as a 35-year-old or a 60-year-old, you know, whatever, to look at that and be like, idiots, what are they doing? <laughs> I, You know, like you guys were just saying, if I had a spring break planned, and, you know, I was 20, 21, 22, it's hard for me to say I wouldn't have went, because, you know, you already paid for it, you're going to go with your friends, and kind of like the kid on the news, like you're saying, that might have been my mindset. <laughs> if I get it, I, I get it, whatever, I'm young, I won't, nothing bad will happen, but... You know, a lot of people are getting on their high horse and like saying, "Damn, millennials! They're they're spreading this virus." But they're not thinking about what they would have done when they were twenty. You know, so I, you know, and you guys were talking about like the country coming together. You know, I saw the the big three. You know, GM, 4 They're all those plants are closed, right? Right. Yeah. So we're my wife and I. Again, we were talking last night. Like I think we saw that GM was maybe going to start fabricating masks or doing some other stuff to start helping out the medical industry. And kind of like what you're saying, Ted, for the whole country coming together, That's what I feel like that's the kind of stuff that should be happening. It's okay if GM's not going to be pumping out cars right now. Why can't they use their plant to start making some stuff for the medical facilities or whatever? you know, Or these other industries that maybe aren't going to do what they're traditionally known for. Why can't they do stuff to help out this cause?
3: Yeah, that's definitely what they should be doing, but that's not what we're doing. I mean, this virus on Twitter has been dubbed the hashtag boomer remover. (laughs) Or boomer doomer, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, they are, though, to correct you. I think there are plans in place for the, the plants like GM. I don't know all the details, but I think there are plans in place to have them, you know, tool up and get ready to use their workforce to help with the medical equipment disaster that we're looking at right now i mean guys i don't know if you're both history buffs but i'm old enough to know what happened in world war ii and in world war ii the government Put uh, an edict out there that, you know, the auto plants and the other plants out there, they were shut down making new cars. They were making tanks and Jeeps and different things for the military, and and that was a perfect example. You know, that wasn't the boomer generation. That was the greatest generation, but they pulled together, and we're looking at something very similar. I mean, guys, uh, you know, I'm 60-something, and obviously in my lifetime, never seen anything like that. You know, Jared, your grandpa and grandma, they're 90 They've never seen anything like this. This is a real deal. You know? And, yeah, maybe three weeks ago we were kind of poo-pooing it a little bit, but uh, it's a different story now. And I think we can, we can definitely solve the issue but got to pull together. That's all there is to it.
2: It's, it's just crazy to think about, like, you know, what was it, like 2008, 2009, when, when the recession kind of happened. But, you know, like it didn't shut everything down like this. So even though things slowed down a lot, right? for the most part, you know, people were still going about their day. You know thinking about specifically my my industry you know sports you know even though things slowed down in 08 09 that around that time sports were still going on so I was texting some buddies today and we were talking about like you know at some point things will kind of go back to normal it's going to be a weird time like catching up like if they do have to cancel uh, non conference football games in college football or shorten the NFL schedule or baseball has a shortened season or whatever it's going to be a weird time this this upcoming sports season but you know the 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 scary thing to think about is the whole economic impact that this is going to have because you know the death tolls and, and everyone getting sick obviously you don't want to think about that that's you know you don't want to even think about if your loved ones or friends or family get affected by this but I mean, if people are losing their jobs and the unemployment rate goes up, and even whatever stimulus, if we do get some checks in the mail or whatever, isn't going to be enough to cover what what this is going to cause for some people if they're out of work or whatever so that that's kind of what's a little scary to think about
0: well it is and if you if you look at statistics out there you know not everybody is set up to ride it out you know the the whole key is if if you're a working individual in this country and all the financial experts say i mean you got to have at least a year's worth of nest egg put away to pay your bills in case of something like this and unfortunately you know, our country, I think, maybe 50% are paycheck to paycheck. And those are the ones that are going to really feel the pain. And, you know, in, in my whole working career, guys, I survived, I think, two or three recessions without losing my job. This thing, who knows what's going to happen. I certainly, again, want to kind of stay calm and don't put <laughs> panic out there for everybody. Right. But but we're looking at, this is closer to a depression than a recession, so I'm afraid. You
3: you have no plans of retiring, anytime soon? Or were you? And then now that the stock market and probably your 401k, well, I'll
0: I'll tell you exactly how I said, okay, I'm sitting right now. The goal was two years from now to pretty much retire, right? Maybe work part time. I haven't figured all that out yet, but I was going to, you know, claim my full social security and, uh, start living off that plus 401k plus some pension money right now, to be honest with you, I haven't even taken a dare to look at my 401k (laughs) because I know it's tanked 30, 40%. Yeah. Right? How long is it going to take for that to bounce back? I really don't know. Now, the fortunate thing, if I do want to retire, tighten the belt, you know, my house is just about paid for, and my wife and I could both live on Social Security if we had to. So I I don't have a major concern on that. But some people, you know, the younger group, Matt's age group, your age group, who knows what's going to happen? At least you're young enough to where. As long as there's a workforce out there, you can build up that retirement for down the road.
2: Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what, <laughs> I don't know, what the what, next two, two, three years, if it's going to really have a huge impact or if things just really do go back to normal. I don't think it's going to go back to normal soon, but hopefully, you know, once once things, once this does level out, people can get back to work and people are a little more, maybe like this, Maybe it's like a blessing in disguise. Maybe people will approach things differently and and not take so many things for granted. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's like the silver lining, you know?
0: Let's hope. Let's hope again. And let's hope everybody stays healthy and survives this. We'll we'll see where we're at a week from now. One final thing on the topic. You know, we were talking about 401Ks, and we'll get into – some entertainment news a little later we got sports we're actually going to talk about after this next break but you know if you were going to invest in the stock market and this is just an off the wall question for you if you had to pick something right now to to jump on maybe a week or so ago something like netflix I, or something no, like that i
3: know like uh the peloton bikes have been right. like their stock's been rising the blue apron i know the same sort that of thing sense. that's also rising so i mean either one of those two would have been smart to netflix get would that
0: be good too i mean people hold up sure. at their house
3: yeah
2: Netflix or Clorox, you know, like yeah. Purell cleaning companies and stuff like that. But Or you could look at it in the sense of, like, this is a good time to maybe buy, like, Disney, Apple, you know, certain stocks like that because they're pretty low. And you would think, you know, like we were just saying, uh, who knows how long it'll take, but you'll think they'd be back to where they were before this stuff happens. So.
0: Yeah. Well, not to be political, last comment, we know that there's been at least... Two or three big time politicians with, you got to say, insider knowledge that cashed in major stocks here just before this major crash. They should be fired and jailed, shouldn't they?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's like insider trading, right?
0: Exactly. So stay tuned. That's all I'll say there. Hey, we're going to talk some NFL, man. What a week it's been in the NFL. we get, actually going to get some sports on the table, fellas. But first, just want to tell you about the CoronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. Before I get to my next spot, that's a good uh, segue to talk about uh, – The voice of Corona Cavalier football at Nicanese Stadium, Frank Corrin, the Hall of Famer, just passed away this week. They're going to have a a little caravan uh, as he will be... uh on one final trip around, basically around the Corona Cavalier campus in that neighborhood tomorrow. But man, the passing of Frank, that's a tough one. Yeah, Frank will certainly be missed and a longtime PA guy there for the Corona Cavaliers. And speaking of Corona, big time Corona Booster, advanced elevator company. They feature top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators. An area business leader, longtime huge supporter, as I said, of the Corona Public Schools and a proud partner of Three Point Podcast. Well, in NFL news, we know the Lions uh, said "see you later, big play Slay." But the biggest news has got to be Tom Brady leaving New England and uh, signing with Tampa Bay, and a lot of other big moves. Finally, some some sports to talk about, boys.
3: I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this specifically because, as we just talked about, you're nearing retirement. You're sort of in a, in a sort of the similar way that Brady is nearing retirement. Two year deal. You just said <laughs> that you're going to retire in two years. Would you ever could you see yourself getting lured away from ProMec and, you know, maybe starting a new new chapter of your life down in Florida? Is that something you could see?
0: Uh well, if they didn't pay me my salary demands and, you know, meet my needs, I could possibly see that. But uh I I don't blame Brady. I think he went into a pretty good situation down there in Tampa Bay. I mean, he's got good wide receivers, it's an up and coming team, their coach is a solid coach that has had experience with him. If you're gonna wind up your career, uh, that's not a bad spot. It's, I'm just so worried it's going to end up like Unitas and Namath and, you know, Montana and Favre the last couple of years. You know, you think of them with their teams, and, you know, and then it's just kind of an afterthought when they go to another franchise for the last couple of years. I hope he does well, though. I think it's going to be kind of cool to see him, you know, in that division. Yeah. yeah that'll be pretty cool. Yeah.
2: He, they already have a pretty decent team, like you just laid out. And, that division is a little bit up for grabs right now. You don't know what's going on with the Panthers, the Saints. You know, yeah, they have Drew Brees, but you know, he kind of—I mean, he's definitely on the downside of his career. He's still playing really well, but you know, he's—he's he's getting up there in age too. And and the Falcons, you never know what to expect out. of it. So, like, the, the buccaneers they, they might probably are the favorite to win that division. What you think?
0: Yeah, I would think so. And I would—you know—Winston. Uh, he put up some pretty big numbers offensively, but then he threw so many interceptions, and I think that's what Brady brings to the table. He hardly turns the ball over, and that could make a huge difference.
1: Yeah, it's,
2: uh, it's just it's crazy to think that. How old is he now? I mean, we can look it up. 43, 40,
0: 40, 43, 43, is he? Or yeah,
2: forty three. Yeah. Okay. You know, and to think that he just signed a two year, fifty million dollar contract at that age, it's just crazy to think about. But I've, I've seen some people mention, you know, when he left, you you brought up the names of other quarterbacks who finish their career with other teams. And I've heard people say, like, you know, it's so hard for these, the legends, you know, pro athletes to kind of, like, end their career in a good way. You know, like, Kobe is maybe one to think about, or, like, Tim Duncan comes to mind, like, guys who kind of, like, for the most part went out on top. Kobe's last few years obviously weren't the same as when he was in his prime. But, you know, he knew when it was time to hang it up, and obviously his last game was, like, legendary. Didn't, like, go to some other team and try to hang on for a couple years. You know, same with Duncan. You know, like, I can't even imagine, especially for a guy like Brady, his whole career has this, like, chip on his shoulder to really sit back and be like, all right, we're done. I mean, that's got to be such a hard decision.
3: The way Tom Brady handled this kind of did piss me off, if we're being honest. I mean, you look at LeBron, yeah, he had, like, the big decision, but Tom Brady dragged this out for, like, six months. With a little nugget here, a little nugget there, you know, cryptic tweet here, FaceTime and Vrabel. It's he really dragged this out where if it wasn't Tom Brady, like let's say LeBron did this, just for example, he would have got so much crap for it. And that's just one of those things where it's just like just pick your team. I, I was so sick of it being the news for the last four months, I'm glad that it's finally over. So you don't like the
0: scenario how he played it out, but what about the the backstory? I mean, why is he no longer in New England? Was it strictly money? Was it Belichick wants th- to go fresh? I think it
3: was sort of you know how when you're like leaving someplace but you actually like don't want to leave you'll go like hey I'm actually leaving guys like I'm leaving like you guys coming <laughs> and and they kept looking behind like and no one was following him out okay I think he really wanted the Patriots to beg him to stay and, and they, they were just like see our so which. There's two different ways that I think this could play out, or well, it's three. Both teams do really well, the Bucks and the Patriots. If you had to pick, like the story, either Tom Brady leads the Buccaneers like a 13 and three record, and the Patriots are terrible, or the Patriots just don't miss a beat, they win 12 games next year, and Tom Brady looks horrendous for the Buccaneers. Like, which of those two stories would you
2: probably rather see?
0: Which would I rather see, or which do I think is gonna happen?
3: I guess get both. Okay,
0: go ahead, Matt.
2: Well, that's what I was gonna ask, right? like. Would I rather see, what, yeah, basically what you just said, Ted, I think that's two different things. I would rather see, I mean, obviously I want the Lions to win the Super Bowl. I would almost rather see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl with the Bucs just to prove everyone wrong who says he was always a system quarterback with Belichick, he's not, he's not really as good as like, you know, some people think he is. I would rather maybe see that. Is that what I think is going to happen? I don't know, like changing teams, especially at his age, he, like this whole coronavirus thing is kind of like setting some people up to fail because they're not able to get into training camp and you know practice is going to be all truncated and it's going to be shortened and everything. So kind of set up to fail when you're going to a new team with a new offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely am on the same boat. I'd love to see Brady really have a good year like Jared said, maybe 13 and 3, maybe take him deep in the playoffs and I'd like to see New England collapse. I don't think that's going to happen, but the thing is, here's another question for you. Who's going to be the quarterback for New England? I mean, do they go for Cam Newton? They're not going to sign I would, Winston, would, I would they? I, I would love that.
3: I would love if they just him and Jameis Winston just flipped. I like Jameis Winston. I am a Jameis Winston fan, so I wouldn't hate it if he gets underneath the like Bill Belichick uh, coaching tree or whatever and learns from him, and he just becomes a like a great quarterback. I would love that. Cam Newton's another name. I I, I think my personal favorite would be somebody like Andy Dalton, like someone who kind of is seems was, like, to be... not good, but then all of a sudden he joins the Patriots and. Just like his career explodes,
0: I, th- I think you're probably right on something there. There has been some talk about it, but I think Andy Dalton could probably, you know, thrive in New England with their system because he's kind of a similar quarterback to Brady, isn't he? I mean, kind of. <laughs>
3: That's quite a stretch with stats, yeah.
0: and I mean, well, he was playing for kind of a crappy franchise, though. True. You know, you put him in a system like New England, I, I think he couldn't go wrong with either him or Newton. I'm not a big Winston fan myself. I, I-, I just had never have been. What are you thinking, Matt? Yeah, I
2: mean. Winston and I mean Jameson and uh, Dalton are just like turnover machines. I feel like Belichick would go absolutely insane. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, maybe you bring in a vet like Dalton. They they drafted Jared Stidham last year out of Auburn. I don't know if they really trust him to step in and be the, the starter, you know, in his second year. I don't know. I as much as you you guys know that Matthew Stafford is like my guy. He's maybe outside of Barry Sanders, probably my like second most favorite football player that's kind of a bold statement but I, I really like Matthew Stafford a lot but do you think there's been discussion of the Patriots and Lions suing in a trade and sending Stafford over to New England and sending back a bunch of draft picks or something like that I,
3: I don't hate it it sounds good on paper I would like it and then we draft like a Tua or somebody like that but you just know that that's going to end up with us getting trade raped I don't know, like if you us in the Patriots, Belichick versus Patricia, like that just ends poorly for us. I think
0: I I kind of agree. I, I at this stage of Stafford's career, and you know I didn't see Bobby Lane play, but I've seen every other damn quarterback that's came through since then, and uh, Stafford far far the best quarterback the Lions have ever had. And I've always liked him. He's just never had the team around him. Uh, it wouldn't bother me one bit to go see him play for New England, and obviously I don't think they would miss a beat. I. I also either the Lions if they did somehow get Tua and got a bunch of draft choices from New England I'd be okay with that but is there any possibility going way off the spectrum here that New England puts some kind of package together and is able to uh get Tua and start fresh
3: wouldn't that would just be awesome I mean, yeah
2: try and trade up or right. work out a trade with whoever drafts to you know then then work out a draft day trade or something like that. Yeah, they they definitely could.
0: I mean could the you... Lions
2: did just sign Chase Daniel. He's uh, you know, he's proven he's a solid veteran backup, but he could be a guy if you were I don't who knows if they're they've said they're not gonna trade Stafford, but like if they did trade Stafford, you have that that veteran quarterback to where if you're gonna draft a quarterback maybe Daniel could start for you know half the year or even for the year while Tua or someone else um kind of learns the ropes but the Lions honestly are in the perfect position to really turn around they've they've they haven't like made like splash signings they've signed some solid players they've stocked up a, a bunch of draft picks they have that number three pick they honestly could really turn things around quick but do we trust them to do that
0: well, that brings up the other topic that's been really kicked around. You know, the Darius Slay trade, um, all the other turmoil that's been going on in the franchise. And now you're hearing a lot of people, uh, at least on the social media sites, you know, saying Patricia's the worst coach of all time. Got to get rid of him. Where do we, have where do we stand on that? I
3: have been out on Patricia ever since he stepped foot in, in Detroit Uh, I will say when Slay was like the rumors were going around about Slay being traded and he was tweeting every other day basically how much he wanted out of Detroit and how it was a hellhole. I was kind of like, just get this guy out of here. Right. But then he comes out and it's kind of maybe I'm the idiot. As soon as he speaks out against Patricia, I'm like, well, yeah, that's why he wanted out. Patricia's the idiot. Patricia is just a terrible coach and he just treats these guys terrible. Everyone keeps saying this. This isn't like a one off.
0: That's what's got me wondering now too. I mean I I mean we're stuck with Patricia right now but you know this year's going to be really telling. If they if they don't turn it around and be 500 or more, he's out of there, I think. But how long how how many times are we going to go through this, you know? Is it a matter of it's Patricia, it's his whole philosophy and Quinn or is it they're getting rid of the bad seeds, you know? Cuz you 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 got you to have a fine line between coaching and you got to have players buy into the program, and if the player's not going to buy in and and just you know just be a cancer, well that doesn't work either.
2: Well, you definitely have to yeah get those guys out of the locker room. But what what's funny is Darius Slay's whole career, people have talked about that he's like such a great locker room guy, yeah. great teammate, yep. positive, you know. So like all out i guess the bad in him if you want, like is matt patricia or yeah or is it matt patricia because then i saw i forget who it was it was a guy who he was on the lions for a year traded and after he said the things about patricia he also came out and said you know bashed patricia basically and said he was happy when the lions finally cut him so he could get out of there and he said that in front of the whole team like in a team meeting Patricia was, like, trashing Kerryon Johnson because he didn't know the year that Ford Field was built. And it's just, it's, like, stuff like that that it's, like, dude, what? Like, who do you think you are? You're, you know, was he a system coach in New England? Was it really just Bill Belichick's defense? Or was it actually Patricia, this defensive genius that people are saying he is? You know, you start wondering stuff like that. But people are, you know, they're saying maybe he's finally – you want to try and put a positive spin on this with all of his former Patriots that he's brought in, maybe in the third year, he's gotten his guys in place. You know, he's gotten some guys that will fit his system, his philosophy. He's gotten out some guys that aren't buying in. Maybe, maybe that's the positive spin. So it, it, yeah, like you said, they better be over 500 this year. Or yeah, he's going to be gone and we're going to be starting all over again.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we. if you're a good manager, if you're a good leader – You gotta watch what you say. And you you brought up a good point. I think I don't know what the exact quote was, but one of the things he said about Slay is what, he's he's not an all pro type of cornerback. He's second tier. There was there was a
3: workout going on with Richard Sherman and all these other like Pro Bowl cornerbacks. He said you're you can't go work out with them or something, you're not to their level. I mean what what
0: what head coach would ever say that about his own guy? I mean, that tells me right there. Not much of a leader unless he's using that as some yeah. sort here's of weird the, motivation. Know, here's a
3: specific quote. Those guys are elite guys. You're not elite. You are a good player, but they are elite. And Sherman Smart, he used you, Slay said about um what Patricia said. Now is him. that
0: has that been verified that's actually what
2: happened?
3: That's, I don't I mean, I don't know how you verify, but I don't know for sure what uh Slay said that Patricia okay. said to him. So okay.
2: Well hey, let me ask you this, Ted, real quick.
3: Yeah. You
2: know Devil's ads catches for argument's sake. So you don't like Patricia saying stuff like that, but you're all on board when Tom Izzo says stuff like that about his players.
0: <laughs> that's a fair. That's a fair comment back. Apparently, it doesn't bother Izzo's players to where uh, you know they're so upset that they don't want to play for Izzo. That's difference, the
3: difference. They win. that too. And the difference. The Lions are yeah, I, absolutely horrendous.
2: I, I, just, I, I did think about that when I saw so many Lions fans like hating how Patricia saying saying stuff like that, but they're also like Tom Izzo, like they. Worship Tom Izzo. I just thought that was interesting. Well, but it does seem like Patricia, I don't know, in over his head. Doesn't really have a handle on being a head coach, like you said, not really a leader. Right. He's got a lot to prove. I mean, yeah, he's going to be fired if they if they go three. And what I don't know how many games they're going to play this year. If they go three and fourteen or whatever, he's going to be fired, and Lions are going to be starting all over again.
0: Yeah. What else is new? And I will say one more comment on the Izzo Patricia thing. There's a whole hell of a lot of difference, you know, coaching college kids than there is professional athletes that make more money than the coach.
3: And I also say, I feel like. I
2: I know, just sorry, Jared. I wasn't like trying to make a comparison, Izzo and Patricia. Yep. I was just kind of making a joke.
3: (laughs) Yeah, fair. Yeah, I was just going to say that I I feel like the players for Michigan State, and again, yeah, just a joke, but I would just say the players for Michigan State know that Izzo actually cares for them. I feel like big play slay and all these other guys like it's just a different dynamic in the nfl just a business you can't be quite as like on their ass right right
0: all right is there anything else while, what we want to get on the table here in the nfl at all anything else you guys had
2: well i mean maybe just real quick i mentioned like all the former patriots and some of the signings that the lions made how do you guys feel about what the lions have done obviously the draft will be big but are they just kind of filling holes right now are you excited about Chase Daniel coming in to be a backup? I mean, like, or well, is it just another Lions offseason?
0: There's absolutely nothing that excited me about any of the moves the Lions have made, <laughs> including Chase Daniel. I mean, he couldn't even he couldn't even win the starting job in Chicago, right? He did
2: come in and beat the Lions. He
0: well, that's the the, Lions. not saying much. But I guess he's a he's a better backup than what they had. If they stick with Stafford and don't trade him, which they probably won't. I think I think he's a good backup. and Isn't that that, does, yeah. that
3: that was just, like your number one problem with the no, Lions? Wasn't no, it, when well, we were the, saying the first things, yeah, three but things we were talking
0: about if we trade Stafford? Do I want Daniel at quarterback for the team?
3: No. I'm not ecstatic about the Daniel signing. That guys, something about that guy. Maybe it's because he beat us when he was on the Bears right. uh, on Thanksgiving Day, if you remember a couple years ago. But right. just something about that guy, I don't like him. Yeah. Well,
2: it we'll is sp- pretty crazy. I I forget the exact numbers. I I could look them up quick, but. He's, I think he's only had, like, five starts in his career, but he's made, like, with this contract he just signed, he's made, like, over $50 million. Wow. Is there a, is there a better job in the NFL than, like, a career backup quarterback?
0: Absolutely come
2: not. In, come in every once in a while. When you have to, like, spot start that one game, make sure you do really well, and then, like, go back to the bench and just ride out your contract. That's not a bad deal.
0: No. That's a real good deal. That or a uh, punter.
3: Or a uh, punter. Yeah, punters yeah. I mean, you have no pressure on you, really. I mean, where's a kicker? You just got to catch your Life could be over if you miss one. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, I mean, well, think about it. Blake O'Neill, Michigan punter. Yeah. He's hated. Oh. Basically had to transfer out after the, after the trouble with Snapchat. Well, well,
0: we'll be talking about that in some of the games because I know a lot of our fans, especially the Spartan fans out there, they, they enjoyed that game for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if we don't have anything else on the NFL, maybe we'll get into that next. I just want to tell everybody, if you're looking for some fun once this crisis is over, stop into Rivals House & Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. They're open for food and beer takeout, including a wide variety of craft brews and growlers. They're there for us be there for them rivals tap house and grill in corona and everybody likes a great deal right well go online at com for info on upcoming auctions the auction house is packed with all kinds of great items stay up to date by checking their website at com. sign up for their email notifications or give troy crow a call 989-720-SELL for other details well you know we've been kicking around guys ideas of things to talk about here in this uh Sports uh, blackout, if you will, and I know Matt came up with some pretty good ideas. And one of them was, uh, you know, if if there's some games out there to rewatch, maybe set set it up for our listeners, Matt.
2: Yeah, well, I was just thinking. I mean, along the lines of we've been talking at work. Like, what are we going to show on on all the ESPN networks? If there's no sports, you just start replaying past games or whatever. Yesterday I saw on ESPN they, they played 11 straight hours of old UFC fights. I mean, you're going to have to start just doing stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, we, we just thought, like, if you had to pick three games, we, we stuck with the three-point podcast theme, three games that those are the only games you could re-watch during this whole sports blackout. What three games would you pick? So we, we threw it up on social media. We can read those in a little bit. But uh, what direction did you guys go?
3: Go ahead, Young Buck. So first, I'll just throw off a couple honorable mentions. I mean, it's it's a little bit cheating, but these would not be. I would not be allowed to watch these uh, while I'm in quarantine. But I, I will. I have on. honorable
0: mentions too, by the way. Okay, so
3: go ahead. So just a couple, and I actually watched uh, a couple of these this morning. Matt, you're talking about how they're rerunning stuff on uh, Fox Fox Sports or FS1 this morning. They were actually running the 2011 Big Ten Championship game between Russell Wilson and Wisconsin. And Michigan State. That was an all-time game. Very first Big Ten championship game played at uh, Lucas Oil Arena in Indianapolis. And Wisconsin ended up going on to. It's funny watching rewatching that because it's like, what didn't we get about Russell Wilson? I know I mean, this guy's a stud. We we should have known that he was going to be a stud in the NFL. Uh, another honorable mention. I actually watched this one like a 20-minute instant replay on YouTube. The Under the Lights game, 2011, I believe. This was also 20. No, 2012 maybe. Whereas Michigan versus Notre Dame, uh, the infamous Jeremy Gallon long, long run right before the that was an all time game. Three touchdowns scored in the last minute, 41, uh, and then one last honorable mention I have. Ah, uh, the Trey Burke steal on Keith Appling in uh, the twenty thirteen last game of the regular season. I remember watching this game um, during Corona's district run, like that Sunday is when they played, and the whole Corona basketball team went and watched it at a Buffalo Wild Wings uh, after district basketball practice that Sunday at Goodrich, I remember. So that had a lot of good memories and obviously had the great play at the very end with Trey Burke stealing on Keith Appling. Do we want me to roll
0: through my all three? did you did you rank them one, two, and three? Yes,
3: okay. Do we want to do like a snake draft, or do you want me to just roll through three through one? Well, I'll let you guys decide. I don't, I'll do it any way you want. All right, we'll do. right, I'll, I'll name my three, and then I guess we can go around the table. Okay. All right, uh, so my number three, um, SEC big-time game, Johnny Manziel in Texas A&M versus Alabama, 2012, when he goes into Tuscaloosa. Uh, it's a 330 kick. Not only do you have Vern Lundquist on the call, which is just a little bit of Dash of the Past, one of my favorite broadcasters ever. I oh, mean, how do you not love one Vern? Uh, but this was kind of when Johnny Manziel before he was hated by everybody. This was before. This was like kind of his bursting out of the scene game where A and M just jumped him right out the gate, went up twenty to twenty to zero in the first quarter, and then it just went back and forth from there. So that's number three. That's an all-time game. Uh, Johnny Manziel, my favorite college football player ever. So that definitely has a part to, piece of that it. Tells a
0: lot about you, Jared.
3: <laughs> I like electric well, players. What do you don't like
0: Johnny Manziel? That's just a bold statement. Your favorite college player of all time? That's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. So we're going to go around? Yep, so you okay. go ahead. All right, well, I'll give my honorable mentions first. Uh, God, there were so many great games to choose from. This was a real tough category. I mean, it was it was just tough to even think about it. But honorable mention, I'll say, uh, a couple Pistons games, okay, tie them together. The game 5 of the 90 finals where they beat the Trailblazers 92-90 on uh, Vinnie Johnson, the Microwaves game-winning mm-hmm. shot with a second to go. That was a classic. And then... Really, when they knocked off the Celtics finally in '89, and and then beat the Lakers in the finals, if I had to pick one game, probably the game where they finally sent Bird packing. That was just super sweet. Uh, another honorable mention, you know, not again. I'm going to be coming at you from more of a boomer look at it, of course. Uh, the '69 Michigan win over Ohio State, 24-12. Bo Bo come into town his rookie year in Ann Arbor, pulled the upset of the century. Now,
3: I know that was a big upset, but was it a good game? It
0: was a heck of a game. Especially if you ever get a chance to watch it on YouTube, it's it's definitely dated, but it's fun to watch. I mean, Barry Pearson, uh, he had two interceptions, I believe. for uh, One of them was for a touchdown, a couple good punt returns. He, he's from the UP in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, or actually uh, St. Ignace, I should say. Mm-hmm. Had a big game. Yeah. Jerry Dutcher was on that team, by the yep. way. Uh, so, yeah, it's a good. it was a heck of a game. And then uh, Game 7 of the 68 World Series. Mickey Lolich out-dueling Bob Gibson. Unbelievable contest! You're going to laugh at well, all. Baseball game should not be on your list. Oh, you wait to day. wait to wait till I get to my number one. Okay. I'll just give you a little tease. So my number three, and again we make the rules. So I've got a tie for number three, and they both happened in 1989. Okay. Michigan's 89 national championship over Seton Hall in overtime, Glenn Rice, Ramil Robinson hitting a couple clutch free throws. I remember watching that game, you know, I think Billy Packer was doing, I can't remember who did the play-by-play, but I remember watching the game and then after they signed off, tuning it to WJR and listening to Larry Henry just do all the post-game interviews and things, just just a classic game, and then in the '89 also, this one is near and dear to my heart because I was there. It's one of those bucket list things. The 1989 Rose Bowl, Michigan beat USC, the Wolverines. Uh, you know, Rodney Pete was second in the Heisman voting that year, and Michigan went out there and won. Bo's second Rose Bowl, so that's tie for number three. Matt? Yeah, those
2: were those. I, those are a lot that actually I around, at least for honorable mentions, but something that I forgot, There like you said, there's so many games to choose from. To narrow it down to three is kind of tough. It's tough. I had some of the same honorable mentions that Jared had, though. The, uh, the Under the Lights game, the Michigan-Notre Dame game was legendary, and the Traeberg, uh tournament game versus Kansas, I and mean, that's one of my favorite games of all time, I think. But for, for like this, I don't know if I'd want to re-watch it. If I could only pick three, I don't know if I'd want to re-watch that game over and over and over cause I just remember it being very stressful, yeah. but um, definitely an honorable mention The my top three though. Um,
0: just give your third.
2: Just my third.
3: Yes. yes. Yep.
2: Um, I didn't rank them. So I'm looking at them right now. I guess the, the third one I would put the number three, the 2006 game four of the ALCS Maglio. Maglio. <laughs> yeah. The walk off home run, you know, people kind of forget like it, it was game four. So it that Tigers swept the A's. Like they were, they were probably going to win that series anyway, even if it ended up being like five, six games or whatever. Um, so I, I've just seen some people say, like, "Yeah, it was a walk off home run," but that takes away from some of the drama because they swept the A's. Yeah, I don't see that. That that was the first time the Tigers were back in the World Series since what '84, Ted. So,
0: yes, yes, and that was a um, series. That was a series walk off. That was sweet.
2: It was a right a series walk off to win the AL. First time going to the World Series in 22 years and you know the 90s for the tigers was just like putrid so i mean that was that was a huge moment and you know i was i'm still a big baseball fan i am still a big baseball fan but that was like when i was probably my peak baseball fandom so that was that was just awesome so that and it was a great game too that year's team was awesome jeremy bonderman made the start that game i'm pretty sure he did and you know that lineup was stacked with miggy and Maglio, Pudge Rodriguez, and all those guys. So I, I could rewatch that game over and
3: over. Yeah,
0: that team should have won the World Series for sure. Yep.
3: The uh, 2016 you're talking about? Yeah. And they ended up getting just blitzed pretty yeah. much. Yeah, well, they the, choked. Uh, they
0: they choked out all the way around. I mean, they were just making errors, some coaching mistakes. And mm-hmm. It was bad.
3: What's number uh, two, My Jared? number two is uh, this game actually took place on 11-11-11. And it wasn't a great game, but it's just really cool to kind of watch, and I had forgotten about it. Uh, and that was the Carrier Classic. Uh, Opened up the college basketball season. If you remember North Carolina versus Michigan State, Barack Obama was there. They played it on an aircraft carrier uh, right on the water, and it was outdoors. And they had Barack Obama there, Magic Johnson, James Worthy were both like honorary captains. And it's just cool because the sun is setting while they're playing, only played in front of um, like troops and the referees were former vets. And I just thought it was, it was a really cool setting. And I always have like, why don't they do this every year? Like, And then midway through the game, you're watching Brennan Dawson like tears his ACL on the wet court. So, like, it's like, that's why they, it's don't, got, do that's why they don't, don't, don't do it anymore. <laughs> but it just, it's, And it's on YouTube, too, the entire game. So I think it's worth a watch. But it wasn't necessarily a great game, but just something about the ambiance is, is worth a watch.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's a pretty good one I hadn't even thought about. That was a hell of a game. Uh, again, get ready to laugh. I'm going to go another tie for number two. But they both involve this the line. Jeho- you,
3: you, your list is five,
0: but I, I can do whatever I want with my list.
3: Okay, I mean you're kind of cheating. Well, do you it, want me to
0: pick one and then just say the other one? Because you're not- quote unquote
3: tying, you're taking like six movies and or six games into quarantine with you. Okay. it's kind of cheating. Okay, Mister Judge, it's it is cheating. Well, all right. Well, call game me a che- off, call me a game cheater. Off the two call ties. Me a cheater. Uh, Why? Okay, but this is what doesn't make sense. You should not have a tie. For a third, if you have a tie for second, that means that you should just have the first game, and then you should have a tie for second. Well, show me. That, where, that show me where it's written in the rules. So, go ahead. I'm just telling you. <laughs> you kind of rigged it. I did
0: rig it. You, I can pick one, or I can just do my. Don't no, do them both. You tell but me I, what it. No, you seem to be pretty upset about it.
3: I'm just. It's a. There's, there were specific guidelines that you were supposed to follow, and you didn't.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll go by the guidelines, and I'll pick the '89 uh, basketball game as number three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll narrow it down instead of the tie. I'll give you there my you tie, go. but I'll pick one. Okay. All right? My tie is the 1953 Detroit Lions over the Browns. 17-1953? 17-16. So you can find it on YouTube. Okay. There's was there, no.
2: Was there forward passing at that time? <laughs> you are lying.
0: There, Bobby Lane was the quarterback. He he came off an ankle injury, came and ran a last Minute drive to beat the Browns 17-16. There's no way if
3: I but if I tie you to your chair and force you to watch that with your eyes like opened. I think you might. Not. I am
0: entitled There's, to my picks and I'm sticking with it. But I'm going to go. My official number two is the nineteen fifty seven Lions over the Browns fifty nine to fourteen. That gives me I mean, the hashtag horrible. since fifty seven. It might be horrible, but it's mine.
3: <laughs> yeah, at least you can admit it. All
2: right. All right, Matt. You had never seen? Did you say that you had never seen Bobby Lane play?
0: I, not live. I didn't. He didn't well, play okay. in the '59 game because he was hurt. And Tobin wrote, led him to drilling. And by the way, when you beat the Browns, that's Michigan over Ohio. That gets extra points in my book. Same thing for the '53 game. We're not even like rivals with them. It doesn't matter. Michigan <laughs> and Ohio are rivals in sports. That's all there is to it. All right, Matt.
2: Here's that, here's that generation thing coming out. Yep. Um, my second one, it's probably obvious, and I did mention it earlier, Kobe's last game. Uh, Kobe Bryant, I've, we've talked about him a lot, or I've talked about him a lot on this podcast. He's he's my favorite basketball player for sure of all time, and so seeing him go out the way that he did, you know, kind of turning back the clock and scoring 60 points in his last game, even though he jacked up a ton of shots, but who cares? Um, it, was, it was just, like, legendary. It was such... It made you remember like how great he was he used to do that like on a regular basis and he even said that after the game like his kids were like saying how awesome that was and he was like go to youtube i used to do this all the time so you know and especially knowing now that the tragedy that happened with him mm-hmm. um, i could watch that game over and over that and i have like memories of my daughter was just a few months old and i was trying to watch that game and stay quiet by not screaming and yelling to not wake her up because she was sleeping and You know, so I've got those memories, too, when I was watching it live. But, yeah, I could could definitely watch that game over and over.
3: The one thing that's kind of – it's not funny, but it's kind of stupid that it even came out. When Kobe, like, you know, passed away six weeks ago or whenever that was, I remember Gordon Hayward had to come out and make a statement that he's like, yeah, like, we were trying hard in that last game. Like, we weren't – because I think they ran, like, zone the entire time. Am I right, Matt? They were in, like, a zone?
2: No, I mean, they probably did run zone at at some point. But they were – because the Jazz were – They were fighting for a playoff spot. They needed Mm -hmm. to win that game to make the playoffs. So that's the thing. Like, I mean, I I can't say how hard they were playing. I wasn't playing in that game with them or whatever, but, you know, they were fighting for a playoff spot. So that's one thing, like, some people do forget. They think the Jazz were just, like, laying down, letting Kobe, like, get all of his buckets, but. They had to win that game to make the playoffs and you know obviously the Lakers were playing hard for Kobe
0: so. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Jazz laid down as much as and, and you know you got to admit this the Lakers were going to let Kobe shoot every time they touched the ball if he wanted to.
2: Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it, I don't know if you guys really remember that game. He was they were like giving him, just giving him the ball every time. Right. I mean. You yeah. know, shooting like 60 shots. So I mean, <laughs> they were they knew that was the game plan. <laughs>
3: But, yeah, that was a great game. I actually can appreciate that one. I remember watching that on replay like two or three times. because Phenomenal. Speaking of high school, when I was in high school, like we had dual enrollment or whatever, so I'd take a college class or I'd just be on my computer in the library. My quote-unquote homework, I literally was just like, I watched the entire game <laughs> in school the next day. So, all right, uh, so my number one, 20, and, and I, I feel like the obvious pick was 2016 Game 7 NBA Finals, but that wasn't like that good of a game until the last – 339 I think is the famous like that's the time marker where there wasn't any timeouts from the st- from that point until the end of the game uh, but my favorite game you guys know I'm a huge LeBron fan uh, 2015 NBA Finals game three Cleveland beat the uh, Golden State Warriors to go up two to one uh, 96 to 91 and this, you remember this is the game where they didn't have Kyrie they didn't have Kevin Love it, and they had David Blatt as their coach, and it was basically just LeBron against the Warriors. And I hate the Warriors more than anyone. It's similar to like the Michigan versus Michigan State rivalry. So it was literally just LeBron playing with these scrubs. Matthew Deladova, Richard Jefferson, uh, Tristan Thompson, and he ended up beating them. And you actually kind of thought, like, wow, he might actually go on to win this entire series. And just look at the stat line. I mean, 40, uh, 40 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, and LeBron played 46 minutes. And so I just—it's just kind of a—it's a forgotten gem where it's just LeBron at the peak of his powers. If you just want to watch him go off for literally, he's on the court the entire game.
0: Well, that makes sense. I mean, you're you're this podcast podcast biggest LeBron fan, right? I mean, he's probably your favorite athlete of all time, yes. isn't he?
3: Yes, hunt, yeah. no, without question. Yeah,
0: so that makes sense. Good pick. I've got a tie for number one. No I'm kidding, I don't have a tie, <laughs> but I do have. Uh, I, it's a baseball game, and it was just wow. on this week. Mark the Bird Fidrich against the Yankees in '76. Uh, national audience Monday Night Baseball. I don't know if you remember. They used to have Monday Night Baseball along the same lines of Monday Night Football. Howard Cosell actually was part of the A team. This was the B game, and uh, but the but Fidrich, he had 46,000 fans at the old Tiger Stadium, beat the Yankees five to one. And the and one of the biggest things about this game, the game lasted one hour and fifty one minutes. He, he just threw strikes five. and mowed them down. An hour and fifty-one minutes.
2: That's that is crazy. Uh, I've- a pro baseball game under two
0: hours—that's like unheard of. Yeah, I mean, he just got the ball and fired it. I mean, it was just a great, great game. And if, if you ever have a chance to watch that game, if you want to kill some time, you know, even if you want to watch the last two or three innings and then watch the post-game show, I, I, it's classic. I think
3: I saw what you posted on Twitter, which was kind of like the two, two and a half yeah, minute condensed like, version. He was the, the was, yeah. He was a character. Oh. I will say this: I always had thought, and this is, you know where my age comes in. I had always thought that he died like tragically at like 22 years old, like right in the middle of like right before his career oh, was about no. to take off. Yeah. That's not what happened. He died it tragically. He died, but... died tragically when he was like 50 years old, which yeah. is a little makes a little bit of less luster. Right. I I thought that that was like this like kind of like a len bias type story is what I thought it
0: was. I got to dig in my archives cuz back when I worked for a different radio station, I actually did an interview with Fidrich when he was probably, I don't know, he's probably 42, 43 years old after mm-hmm. he retired. It was it was kind of a neat interview to get a chance to talk to him, but that's my number one game what do you got matt
2: that'd be good yeah some classic baseball we got some baseball in there see? Yep. for our, our baseball fans out there but I'm, i am kind of surprised i'm the only one this is definitely my number one when we we like thought of this idea this is the first game i thought of i'm surprised that they didn't even make an honorable mention for either of you guys i guess jared wasn't around to see it but the 1998 rose bowl uh where michigan won the national championship that was favorite game of all time watching that as a like 12 year old um you know watching michigan win a national championship they haven't been back to a national championship since then it's kind of like crazy to think about but that game was just awesome i mean charles woodson made some amazing plays michigan's offense was actually like really good with brian greasy but kind of like what you guys mentioned with Burn lundquist calling the, the game that you said jared that game was called by keith jackson bob greasy and lynn swan i mean that's wow. just like a Classic broadcast booth right mm-hmm. there. So, you know, hearing Keith Jackson call that game, Michigan winning a national championship, Charles Woodson doing his thing, uh, I could watch that game over and over and over. And it was just, it was a great game too. Like went down to the wire, down to basically the last second. So, awesome game.
0: You know, I did kind of consider that, but I didn't put
3: it in my honorable mention. But uh, that is a, that's a good one. We, of course, we should mention the, the trouble with the snap play. Even if you're a Michigan fan.
0: Well, you know, I I know Matt's going to probably read some of our listeners, and that no. was on there, right, Matt?
2: It was, yeah. Uh, Jim Woodworth, he's a Corona alum. Of course, I, I knew once we posted this yeah. on Facebook, someone, a Spartan fan, would, would have to bring that game up.
0: Was that the first posting we got? <laughs>
3: <laughs> probably. It probably was spammed into the comment section. <laughs> it It is a great, but even, think about it, the tensions were so Jim Harbaugh's first year, yeah. Antonio at the peak of his powers. Right. It really was, like, the tension is never going to be that high again. And it was back and forth. And if you're a Michigan fan, you watched all the way up until that play. It was, it's, it still was a great game.
0: Remember how I told you guys about watching Mike Tyson's fights and then when he fought Buster Douglas and Douglas knocked him to the canvas? Yeah. I just ex- I leaped off the couch. Same scenario in that game yeah. <laughs> when that punt got away. I'm going, what the? What was going on? Yeah. yeah, that was that moment I'll never forget.
2: That was one of those games where, for my, my personal memory, like you talking about yours, Ted, I was in Ann Arbor. We, we tailgated for that game, and we were going to try and go, but I was like, you know what, let's save money. Let's not spend a few hundred bucks on tickets. And I have friends who live, like, right next to the big house. Perfect. But we were able to, like, they have, you know, we had the windows open. We could hear the roar of the big house all the time. And we were watching that game on a stream. So, you know, when you watch games on a stream, usually you try and stay off Twitter or whatever because yeah. you're a few seconds behind. That play, they were, like, setting up for the punt from what I was seeing. And all of a sudden, I got, like, eight texts. My phone just started blowing up. I made the mistake of opening one up. Yeah, that's And horrible. there were a lot of F words and a lot of other expletives. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God, what just happened? <laughs> and, we like, you could not hear a thing at the big house. It was, you could hear a pin drop. And then we, like, turned to the TV and we see that play happen. And I was, I just, like, got up and walked out. I remember walking outside the house and I could hear, like, bottles smashing in the street. People like screaming, like Michigan fans going crazy. That that game was wild. I, there's no way I'd want to watch that on repeat, though.
0: Nope, me neither. So crazy. No <laughs> way. It'd be a hell of a game, but no, yeah. I'm not watching it again. Dude, I don't want to put you on a spot, kind of, Matt. But do we have a few other comments on games, maybe that we haven't talked about from our uh, listeners?
2: Yeah, kind of, kind of along those same lines. Uh, Josiah Herbright, he's also a Karana alum. Um, he he commented. He said the 2007 App State versus Michigan game. Of course. Josiah is a Michigan, yeah, Josiah is a Michigan State fan, so of course he put that one on there. He did also say the 2019 Masters. You know, we I remember we talked about that last year when Tiger won again. That was pretty awesome. And then he said the 2000 Michigan State uh, Basketball National Championship game. So those are three. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that App State-Michigan game on repeat, but those are three pretty. <laughs> pretty like legendary games right I could Carter,
0: I could watch the Spartans you know, the 2000 the game
2: tournament.
3: another game that I I fell down a rabbit hole this morning when we were preparing for this Michigan State versus Baylor Sugar Bowl 2015 I mean what a game that was it was big play after big play Bryce Petty and Baylor were just airmailing basically every single pass just like airmailing's not the right word but just creating a uh, big big pass plays pass bombs man I'm struggling right now they were they were bombing it on Michigan State, and Michigan State came all the way back and beat them. That was a good game, even if you're even if you hate Michigan State as much. as Oh we
0: God, do. there's so many great games out there, but
3: there fun.
2: are so, a couple other. I'll just read a couple other. Okay. I think uh, we had a comment on Twitter. I don't, Jared, do you want to pull that up? You probably got your phone. Yeah, up there.
3: I can. Yeah, I'll pull it up. I believe it. Are you talking? Uh, like,
2: I'll just, I'll read a couple other from our Facebook. So John Strine, another current alum, he said the 2005 Masters final round. 2016 open championship final round and Ali versus Frazier. So yeah, that that was one thing I didn't really think about some like classic boxing matches. That that could be stuff that you could watch on repeat. Oh, or you, without, you mentioned Tyson Ted.
0: Without a doubt. In fact, like you said, I I was watching McGregor yesterday one of his fights. It doesn't matter if you had, if you didn't see it the first time or even if you did, some of those fights are just awesome to see again.
2: Yeah, and you, you know, the adrenaline would be going even if you know the outcome. It right. would be entertaining. Um, and then just one more before you read the one, Jared. Yep. John Peterson, another Crown alum, uh, he, he said the 2016 World Series Game 7, 2005 BCS National Championship game, and then he did say the 2013 Michigan versus Kansas Sweet 16 game. Um, I mean, just three legendary games right there. He did. It, he also said in an alternate reality where Michigan wasn't screwed over in the title game against Louisville. Yeah, that, that title game where Michigan lost to Louisville, it was actually a great game. Yeah, but it again, was. Because of the outcome, I wouldn't want to watch it on repeat, but it was an awesome game.
3: Spike had a hell of a first half, I remember it, that. It's one of those things where you start watching it, and Michigan jumps out, it's like a 10, 12-point lead, and then literally in the matter of about a minute and a half, right before halftime, Luke Hancock just evaporates the entire <laughs> Michigan lead. Yep. Um, so, I yeah, a couple on Twitter that we got, uh, at Josh underscore Rich 55, Josh Richardson is his name. Uh, he has actually two different lists. He has his... Father's List, who I believe is Bob Richson, is his name. And they're big time Philadelphia Eagles fans, I know. So his number one, the Philadelphia Super Bowl. Number two, the Miracle on Ice. I'm surprised you didn't have that now. Yeah, there.
0: that. I don't know if I could watch it over and over again because I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world, but that's a great game. And then
3: he has number three, the 1983 NBA Finals, uh, "quote unquote." Doctor J was awesome, is what wow. he says. Uh, and then as for his picks, he's a uh, manager at Eastern Michigan University, so it's number three. It makes sense. He has the Philly Super Bowl as well. Number two, the Iron Bowl kick six. Oh, that was incredible. Uh, and then number three, uh, Eastern Michigan game winner versus Purdue in football <laughs> from a couple of years ago. <laughs> that, that not home. sure if that one's going to make my rewatchable list. Before but. you get
0: to the next one, let me ask you a question about your buddy Richardson. Uh, what what's the love for Philadelphia? They got family there or something.
3: I think it's 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 rooted in bandwagon, where they oh. had Randall Cunningham, you know, back in the eighties for football, and I think that's how his dad became a fan. Okay, and then his his son just kind of became a fan too. Uh, well, last one we have uh, Zach Spinning commented. Uh, he he also talked about the Michigan State loss for Syracuse in the uh, twenty fifteen <laughs> or twenty seventeen NCAA tournament, and then also uh, their loss to Middle Tennessee State as well.
0: Spin dog, true Michigan fan for sure. <laughs> all right, hey, that's some pretty good stuff there, guys. And anybody out there, you know, I think we'll put some more polls out there for our listeners, and uh, we yeah. might we might even expand on our list on video, possibly. But uh, if you want to join us on social media, just hit us up at Three Point Pod. Is there other ways they can do that, Matt?
2: I mean, yeah, that's the easiest way on okay. Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. The, the handles are all the same at Three Point Pod. Um, that's that's probably the easiest way.
0: Perfect. Well, I think.
2: But yeah, I just real real quick. I you know another one like not not talking about uh, or I didn't think about boxing. I said that golf would be another one like John Strine and a couple other guys mentioned some some golf tournaments that actually would be a bad deal because if you talk about a whole final round like think about how awesome it is on a Sunday. Yep. Just sit back for like five hours and just watch that actually you could. You could sit back, and that could take up a good chunk of time if you're quarantined. Watch a whole golf tournament. Yeah.
0: I think we all agree it would probably have to be one of the Masters, right? There's no other tournament that you'd <laughs> you mean, God like British Open or something well, like, like
3: that. A, I, as you can just imagine starting a baseball game, you get out of quarantine, it's still in the seventh inning. The game hasn't <laughs> even wrapped up yet. So baseball game might be the way to go. We need the bird back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Do we have anything else, fellas, before we wrap this?
4: Matt, Fred, Jerry. I'm in quarantine right now, and life sucks. It sucks worse than a Matt Patricia motivational slideshow. In my isolation, I decided to vent my frustrations in this karaoke song, so enjoy. Ooh, you're such a nasty one. This isn't fun. When you gonna visit my town, Corona? Chinese imports, no sports. I'm out of shorts. I'm scrubbing lots of soap on my hands, Corona. I'll send you back to hell. What's that smell? I'm not well. A sauerkraut. My toilet paper's out. I'm shouting, why, 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 why? Why, Corona? You took away my NCA, my MBA, And now you close my favorite bar, Corona. I can't pick my nose your eyes. I sanitize. You're really, really pissing me off. Corona, Are you gonna stop? Let me shop right before I drop staring at my wife day and night. Where's my hunting knife, Jake? Why, why, why? Why, Corona? I'm saying why, Corona? I wish the Houston Astros would have beat a larger drum or trash can, guys, to give us the sign that this plague was coming. I didn't see it coming. My son Jake ate me out of emergency surplus groceries. Help me, please. Held hostage in my home, I need a loan. I'm really sick of watching Netflix. Corona, infected forest Gump. Where's Mr. Trump? I think I'll drink another cold beer. Corona, are you gonna stop? Let me shop, right before I drop, staring at my wife, night and day, disinfectant spray? Why, why, why? Uh, why, Corona? I'm asking, why, <laughs> why, Corona? I ask again, why Corona? Everybody now, why Corona? Ah, why Corona? Please, dear God, spare our Leisure Lake community and spare all of us University of Michigan Wolverine fans. Please stay in Ohio, or at least Columbus, Oh, okay, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a sinful man. Forgive me for saying that. Please provide a miracle. At least multiply my toilet paper to at least a two-month supply. I promise I'll go to church. Show me a sign. Wait a minute now. I'm back to stealing signs like the Houston Astros. I'm a heathen. Jake! Jake! Get that pornography off my computer. Jake! Ah, oh, Matt and Fred, Jerry, be safe, and I'll talk to you soon once my self-inflicted quarantine is over. Why, Corona?
0: Let's let's call it a pot, all right. Uh, just all, all our listeners. You know, make sure you subscribe, rate us on all the podcasting sites. We're on Apple, SoundCloud, all the biggies. And like we said, send us your comments, any questions, topics, suggestions. Hit us up at 3 Point Pod. Make sure you support our 3Point Podcast partners. Tell them you listen in. Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company. If you're here in mid-Michigan, man. Go buy some takeout from Rivals Tap House and Grill. We got to keep our local businesses, especially the restaurants, rolling here during this uh, depressing time we're in. Also, want to thank the Kruna Connection, Card Service Michiana, and Promac Engineering. Also, be sure to check out our network friends at Sports Radio Detroit. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast, and stay safe out there.
5: Got the club going up on the Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut of sheet Tuesday a club going up, going up on a Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut of sheet shoes, a club going up on a Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut of sheet choose a club going up on a Tuesday.
6: Got your girl in the cut of she choose, a, club going a, choose a club going squad going up. Nobody flipping now. Nah. Three in a row. Them shows is back to back to back now. Put the world on a sound. You know, party in the weekend. Ain't got no mother time. The party on the weekend. Tell Jello, bring the juice. We about to get lit. I fill the room up with some things. One night off this is zip Always working on a team Over time and out of time It's crazy back home It kills me that I'm not around I think we getting too deep I'm talking might be too true Upstairs, I got in the airfield bottle. I don't take it, but you do. So I got them for you. I don't need the pills. I'm just gonna have another drink. And when I'm putting working on the weekend, I look back on this and think how we had the club going up on a Tuesday. Got your girl
5: in the cut, she Tuesday Club going up. On a Tuesday, got your girl in the cut and she Tuesday club going up. On a Tuesday, got your girl in the cut and she Tuesday club going up. On a Tuesday, got your girl in the cut and she choose a Tuesday working Monday night. On the corner flipping, made at least three thousand. On the boulevard, I've been working graveyard Shifts every other weekend Ain't got no time To party on the weekend I've been flipping in the house Making jugs on the highway I've been riding out of state Making money like my way I don't think that I should dance. I'm just gonna have another drink. I'm doing my stance. You know, my, my lip paint. I got the loudest of the loud. You know, my gas thing. My P.O. think I'm in the house. Don't give a damn by what she thinks. Got the club going up on a Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut and she choose club going up on a Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut and she choose club going up on a Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut and she choose club going up on a Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut and she choose club going up. On a Tuesday, got your girl in the colour, she choose, a club going up On a Tuesday, got your
1: girl in the color, she choose Got the club going up.